So, welcome back to the Indivisible DFW Podcast. I'm Jay Malone. I'm your host. And we're here at the Mega March right now in front of Dallas City Hall. Uh, we're very excited to be joined by Rafael Anchia. Um, he is the uh, house rep for uh, District 103. And he is also the chair of the uh, Mexican-American Caucus in the House. Uh, so, Rafael, thanks for taking a minute with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, why did you decide to come out today? Well, I was here 11 years ago when half a million people showed up uh, in downtown Dallas. It was completely unexpected. Uh, it was one of the most moving things I've ever seen in public service. And uh, when they decided to reprise the, the Mega March, Mega March 2, I said I wasn't going to miss it. I mean, I should be down in Austin right now uh, uh, working on legislation, but I delayed my flight. I wanted to be here. I wanted to be part of this historic event. And so talking about that experience in Austin last week, so what's, what are you really happy about that came out of uh, Thursday with the budget debate? Well, the budget, you know, in a time when oil and gas prices are really low and, and uh, you know, we needed to dip into the rainy day fund, nobody's really jumping for joy about this budget. But we did have some important victories. Democrats won on preserving uh, the Texas Dream Act. They won on more money into Child Protective Services. And they won on more money for community colleges. All things that, that are really important to our base and our constituency. So um, we're really happy about all those things. So besides participating in great events like the Mega March, what are some ways that people can you know, support uh, legislators like yourself in Austin? I tell people all the time, you know, we need to get more calls, we need to get more letters, not only people that you agree with, but especially the people that you don't agree with. Um, people think that money is everything in politics, and that's not true. People take constituent outreach and constituent correspondence very, very seriously. And all you need to do is look at the, the failed effort on Obamacare repeal by Republicans, where Republican members of Congress were being confronted by hundreds, if not thousands, of people in their districts. That They paid attention to that. And when, uh, you know, when it was time, when it was obvious that it wasn't going to pass, they walked away from it. They didn't walk away. They ran away from it. And you'll see it's not coming back up. So we need, to, we need that to happen at the state level. Uh, our, our base oftentimes thinks that, thinks that they can't make a difference. But when you call, when you write, when you email, when you show up, it makes a huge difference. And, and, and they, they pay attention. The members of the legislature pay attention. So if people in your district, in District 103, want to find out more about what you're doing, how can they find you? So we have a weekly newsletter that they can sign up for. All they need to do is email me. I'm, only, I'm the only Rafael in the legislature, so it's not confusing. Um, they can call our office, ask to receive regular correspondence. Follow me on Twitter. I, uh, you know, my Facebook uh, voice is sometimes my voice. My Twitter voice is almost always my voice. Uh, so that's one thing I guess I have in common with the president, that, that I, I really enjoy getting my message out via Twitter, and I try to be snarky and funny, and I think people enjoy it. So if somebody tweets at you, will you actually tweet back? Oh, absolutely. And, and oftentimes when I get DMs, I'll, I'll send a direct message right back. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so I'm here with Hassani at the Mega March. She's one of the main organizers. Um, how are you today? I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm feeling proud and so thankful for everything that the committee has done and the volunteers. So why did you decide to get involved? I decided to get involved because in the March of 2006, I was 13 years old, and I marched with my family. I'm an immigrant. Uh, my dad brought me when I was five years old. He, sac he was a teacher in Mexico. He sacrificed his teaching career to give us a, a better future. When we came here, my dad started working at Pilgrim's Pride Factory during the graveyard shift. And during the day, he took care of my siblings and I. And he was working nighttime, but taking care of us during the day, helping us with our homework. 
My mom earns $70 a week, so $10 per day. My parents have worked over 13 hours per day, and they still do that. My dad right now is at work. So I'm here for my family. I'm here because I'm an immigrant, because I want to tell everyone that there's hope and that we are united, that we're together, not just for the immigrants that come from Mexico, but from immigrants all over the world. This country was founded by immigrants, and together we are America. So to the people who couldn't make it today, you know, what, what can they do to continue in the spirit of this mega march? They can register to vote if they're able to, volunteer, um, inform other people about what what's going on, different events, participate in the events, get connected, get involved. So what, what are some of the other things that you, you're going to do after this march is over? Well, I know after this march is over, the committee is going to continue working, getting red, voters registered. We're going to keep um, informing the community, having informative events, working with the community. So one thing that I think a lot of people are really excited about right now um, is getting involved in elections and, and finding candidates they can really they can really get inspired by. And I noticed that up on the stage right now, we just saw Joaquin Castro speak. Um, are there some candidates that you think are really forcefully fighting for immigrant rights? Yes, I think that some of them are. Some of them are fighting for immigrants' rights. And just the fact that they're, the candidates took their time to come here from their busy schedules shows how much they care about the community and how passionate they are. Thank you very much. So I'm here at the Mega March with Beto O'Rourke, uh, who is now running to be our next senator. Very excited about that. How you doing, Beto? I'm doing great. I'm inspired and encouraged by thousands of people in Dallas standing up for what's right for this state and for our country. So couldn't be anything other than great right now. So in your mind, why do events like this matter? It really is important for our elected leadership to be held accountable, to have to reflect the interests of those that they serve. And when folks come out and they say that equality matters, or that there should be no religious test for the immigrants or refugees who are accepted into this country, or that we need comprehensive immigration reform because it makes our communities safer, more successful, then the hope is that they're going to pay attention and listen. And the understanding, and I think what's implied in this, is if they don't, they will be swept out of the way. And you will have new leadership sooner rather than later that represents the true interests of this state. So this, this, is an, this is an incredibly important moment. And the other really encouraging part about this is folks are no longer waiting for someone to show up, uh, do it for them. Uh, save them, waiting for another election. They're just getting out in the streets right now, taking matters into their own hands, taking the future into their own hands. And, uh, and that to me is really exciting. So when you become our next senator, what are you gonna do to protect immigrants in our communities? I'm gonna start with making sure that everyone in this country understands that the reason that El Paso has been one of the safest communities for the last 20 years is that more than a quarter of the people I represent were born in another country. They came to this country to do better, ensure that their kids do better, but also to contribute and make sure that this country is successful. So our security, our economic success, who we are as a people, our quality of life, 
uh, what it means to be an American is dependent on the immigrants who are in our community. We start with that premise, we are going to do the right thing and we're going to ensure that our laws reflect our values, reflect our true interests going forward. And then we're going to work across the aisle with Republicans. It's the only way to do this. Uh, and, and, and find folks like my, my buddy that I traveled across the state with, Will Hurd, or our senior U.S. Senator John Cornyn, who may not see everything the way that I do, but whose work on this is going to become uh, critical to getting something that's done on a bipartisan basis that ensures that it is sustainable and will outlast any one administration or majority in Congress. Uh, and you know, I think when folks who came out here and marched today come out and vote, then those people in office are going to pay attention or we're going to have new people in office. And that's the way this is supposed to work. So thanks for being here. We're, we're going to Longview, Texas right now. I, I committed that I would be in all 254 counties. And so I want to honor that commitment, see the folks in Longview tonight. Um, so we're going to, we're going to hit the road, but we're, we're grateful to have been here. I have one more question for you. It's a really important question. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite record in the Discord Records catalog? You know, that's a, that's a really tough one. I think the, um, the Rights of Spring records, almost all of them, um, did more than anything else to, to change my life. Uh, Minor Threat, uh, Nation of Ulysses, um, you know, the, the Discord ethic that we're not going to charge more than five bucks to come into a show, it's, it's going to be all ages, we're not going to charge you more than ten bucks for a record, we're going to bypass the corporate music making machine to connect directly with people. That's what I hope animates this campaign, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big Discord fan. Sounds like you are too. It was a phenomenal answer, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I'm here at the Mega March with Mark Vesey. He is a congressman from uh, District 33. So, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good today. Uh, great weather, great march, great cause, and glad that so many people have turned out to send a message to Washington, D.C. that we need to, ha to act on immigration reform. We need to do something uh, about the immigration crisis that we're having in this country. And those conversations sh shouldn't have anything to do with the wall. It uh, shouldn't have anything to do with deportations. Uh, it ought to be about what's good for America. So I think, you know, this is the Indivisible DFW podcast, so I obviously have to ask you a little bit about how Congress people see a lot of the Indivisible tactics. So what, what's the perception of people in your caucus or generally in Congress of Indivisible? Um, I think that people in Congress are generally supportive of anything that's going to help bring uh, change, particularly uh, Democrats. I would imagine that there are probably a lot of Republicans that uh, that probably still don't, don't know that much about Indivisible, but I know that the Democratic members are definitely paying attention to what's going on uh, with Indivisible, what's happening nationally. And again, I think that anything that is positive that's going to help uh, generate voter enthusiasm, which quite frankly is one of the issues that we have going uh, usually in the midterm elections, right? Is that uh, the th there's an enthusiasm gap. Republicans uh, are, are, you know, waiting uh, in line to, to go vote early and to go vote on election day for midterm elections, but uh, there's always a big Democratic drop-off. We saw that in 2010. We saw it in 2014. Paid for it mightily. And so groups like Individual have the opportunity to really sort of create a lot of enthusiasm uh, in, when it's sorely needed, in particular when it comes to uh, midterm elections. So a lot of people think that 2018 is going to be the inverse of 20, 2010. Um, do you think, have you seen things that make you think that this is going to be a big change year in the, in the upcoming year? I really think so. Um, I think that this is going to be more like 2006. 2006 was a midterm election. Uh, George W. Bush 
well, was uh, very unpopular. And of course, Democrats end up taking back the House and the 2006 election. And as a result of that, uh, we were able to pass a comprehensive uh, health care plan. Uh, it wasn't perfect. We need to try and make it better. We need to try to fix certain aspects of it. But uh, it's certainly better than what the Republicans want to do, which is repeal. And you know what? If we can get that same sort of energy going into the 2018 election, maybe we can change the numbers in Washington, D.C. once again. So you're running for your third term, correct, uh, in this next cycle. Um, what's the most important thing that you've learned from your time in Congress? Most important thing that I've learned from my uh, time in Congress is that uh, you just have to like stick with it uh, and work very, very hard. There is no instant gratification. Uh, when I was in the state uh, legislature, we used to be able to run onto the House floor with an amendment. We didn't have a rules committee that made that that threw out all your amendments first. We were able to like say, Mr. Speaker, I have an amendment, and if that amendment was uh, germane, you could get an up or down vote on your amendment, and you were really part of the legislative process uh, every day. Of course, they only meet every other year, uh, but in the U.S. House, it's not like that. Uh, it takes a lot of patience, it takes a lot of perseverance, it takes a lot of follow-up and a lot of follow-through uh, to be able to get things done, and ultimately, it takes a majority. So for all the listeners out there, please make sure that you go and vote in 2018 and take a friend with you. Uh, that's the only true way to make change in Washington, D.C. Uh, marches are, are wonderful. Uh, they give people an opportunity to come out and express themselves like the founders of our Constitution intended for people to be able to do so uh, in a nonviolent, peaceful manner. Uh, but marches and protests and uh, get-togethers and things like that will only go so far as to power the ballot box uh, that makes a difference. That's why Republicans are trying to do everything they can to put to pass laws around uh, um, states all around the country. Why would they be trying to do that? Because they know the way you make change in this country is through the ballot box. Go and vote. So I know that you're the lead plaintiff in uh, the, the lawsuit challenging uh, the, the congressional districts uh, in Texas. So what can people do to support that effort? I think that what people can do to support that effort uh, is to reach out to their uh, state representative, their state senator, reach out to the lieutenant governor and the governor, and reach out uh, to their members of Congress to let people let, let us know that we think that uh, the current Texas voter ID law uh, is uh, discriminatory, that it's wrong, uh, and that we need to be trying to increase voter participation. If they hear from enough people, and people need to make sure they call people from their districts. I know a lot of times people that live in Plano, they won't want to call me because I'm the only, uh, I'm the closest Democrat that represent, you know, that's, don't, you know, don't call your representatives in the state and on the federal level and let them know uh, that this is not bad for Texas and that we need to be trying to increase voter participation. Uh, and uh, and that's what we need to be doing. And that's how they can really be helpful. We need, they, they need to know that people are really paying attention uh, to what's going on with voting laws in the state of Texas. If somebody wants to find out more about that effort, uh, where can they go? Uh, if they want to find out more about the effort, you know, uh, please uh, go to www.house.gov/vesey uh, and go on my website. Call my offices, and uh, we we do a lot around that. I'm also the chairman of the Voting Rights Caucus, and so we do uh, different issues, uh, different forums that talk uh, about uh, the suppression of the vote and the right to vote. Thank you very much, Mark. Hey, thank you. So I'm here with Fernando Ross, and he is the uh, the president of LULAC in Mesquite. So, Fernando, uh, what do you think of this event so far? 
I think it's worked out really well. We are really glad that everybody is safe. We didn't have any problems at all. No uh, hecklers, nothing. So we're very happy. So why are you here? Why are you participating? Well, I have a personal story. I was one of those people that was undocumented at one time. And so I know exactly what the people are going through right now with the government trying to enforce some of the rules. So what, what are the particular um, attacks on um, the immigrant community that really bother you? What, what, what are things that are happening that, that really make you want to get out on the streets and march? Well, just, just the tone of the debate, you know, that's, that's offensive. Uh, of course, you know, I know that it's hard for families that uh, are, are scared to go out to school, to, uh, to shopping, everywhere, because they're scared that something's going to happen and either the kids won't come back or the parents won't come back. And, you know, that, that's just not right. And so LULAC, as an organization, for people who don't know about it, uh, can you explain a little bit about what you guys do? Well, LULAC is, is, is the, the oldest Latin American uh, organization that has done work for Hispanics for 80 years. And uh, we, we work on everything that affects the Hispanic, all the issues, immigration, civil rights, education, the police, every, anything that, that uh, Latinos have problems with, LULAC has to deal with. If somebody wants to get involved in that effort, you know, where can they go? Well, LULAC is a national organization, so anybody can go to LULAC.org and find out about LULAC. Then we have councils in the Metroplex. We're District 3 here, and we have councils all over the, the, the county. We have Mesquite, Garland, Dallas. We also have high school councils. So if, if any students wants to, wants to participate in LULAC, they should be able to at their high school. And we're trying to do that in Mesquite right now. We don't have any high school councils in Mesquite, and that's one of our goals in the near future. So if we have any Mesquite high school students listening, they should get in touch with Fernando Rojas. Who, he can help you. That's right. My phone number is 214-718-8006. My email is lulacmesquite at gmail.com. Thank you very much, Fernando. So thanks for listening to the Indivisible DFW podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please subscribe. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, also write a review if you like it. Uh, you could follow us uh, on Twitter. It's DFW Indivisible. Facebook Facebook.com slash Indivisible DFW. We also have Instagram, Indivisible DFW. And you can find our website, IndivisibleDFW.org. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.